For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject was the Torah nailed to the cross? This is part seven of the series. So the ministry of death, a stony heart, is stony because there's a veil upon the heart. So Paul associates the veil upon the face of Moses to a veil being upon the heart. So Paul is explaining the heart attitude and the motive behind our actions and how we live our lives under Yeshua and minister to others in this Midrash, comparing it to a stony heart versus the spirit of the Torah. Now, Paul was referring to Exodus chapter 34, verse 32 and verse 33, as it is written. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Not only the heart, but the minds of the ministry of death is blinded. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul explains, but their minds were blinded. So he's talking about a veil over the heart and having your minds blinded. So a problem with the heart, a problem with the mind. A stony heart, a carnal mind. Which Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, cannot please God. Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 8, when you have a veil over your heart and you have a carnal mind, you're walking after the flesh. So the deaf and the blind don't follow the Torah, or they do so with a stony heart. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 18 and 19. Hear ye deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I send? Who is blind as he that is perfect, and blind as the Lord's servant? So why is the Lord's messenger and servant deaf and blind? The answer is in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 24 as it is written. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his Torah. So Paul explained how the minds of the ministry of death is blinded, Romans chapter 8 verse 7, because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. It is not subject to the Torah of God, neither indeed can be. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. So Paul explains that the life in the ministry of death, which is a stony heart, has a veil upon the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Messiah. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, For even unto this day, when Moses is read the Torah, the veil is upon their heart. So, we can have a veil upon our heart and not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, or we can believe in Yeshua as a Messiah and still be carnally minded. And that is still a form of a veil, because our behaviors and actions and motives of our heart would still be stony. So, a veiled heart either cannot believe in Yeshua or a veil heart does not follow his Torah by the Spirit. Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, and so of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. We can see this in John chapter 6 verses 63 and 64 as it is written. It is the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. So the ministry of life removes the veil upon the heart. When we follow Torah by the Spirit, we serve others, we give to others, we love others as ourself. And when we do things with pure hearts and pure motives, by the Spirit of God, there is no veil upon our heart. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, verse 16 it is written, But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Messiah. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So the veil is taken away by the Spirit of God, in obeying the Spirit of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is... So when we minister by the Spirit of the Torah, the veil that covers the stony heart is taken away, and the things that we do is done with a pure heart under the God of Israel, for his glory and the glory of his kingdom. In Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it is written, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Continuing in Luke chapter 24, verses 31 and 32, And their eyes were opened, and they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he opened to us the scriptures? So it is the Spirit of God and yielding to the Spirit of God following the Torah by the Spirit that removes the veil upon the heart. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, even the Spirit of truth, he will testify of me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. No one can say that Yeshua is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Liberty. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And he came to Nazareth. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he found the place where it was written. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to set at liberty them that are bruised. So the spirit of the law, or following the Torah by the Holy Spirit, sets the captive free. James chapter 1 verse 25 it is written, But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Torah of liberty, so the Torah is liberty and the Spirit of God is liberty, so following the Torah by the Spirit is liberty, and continues, A doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So we live our lives and minister to others, by the Spirit of the Torah, and if we do, we'll be doers of the Torah, and we will give to others, serve others, lay down our life for others, love others, for the purpose of helping others and setting the captive free, and in doing so, we will be blessed. 
and eternally rewarded for our deeds. So following the Torah by the Holy Spirit results in doing the deeds of the Torah by love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 23, for brethren, you've been called unto liberty. The Torah is liberty, the Spirit of God is liberty. So we've been called to follow the Torah by the Spirit of God, only use not your faith in Messiah, use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. The ministry of life, following the Torah by the Spirit, shows mercy and love to others. In Zechariah chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, it is written, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. The ministry of death is concerned with self. Zechariah chapter 7 verses 11 and 12. But they refused to hearken. They pulled away the shoulder. They stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yes, they made their hearts as adamant stone. However, the ministry of life, that is following the Torah by the Spirit, does the works of the Torah, the good deeds of the Torah, by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 it is written, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Messiah Yeshua, who walk not after the flesh, which is a stony heart, but after the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 verse 4 it is written, That the righteousness of the law, what's the righteousness of the law? Doing the good deeds of the Torah, giving to others, serving others, laying down your life for others, loving your neighbors yourself, doing so with a pure heart. That's the righteousness of the law. It's fulfilled in those who walk not after the flesh, a stony heart, but after the spirit, because the spirit of the law gives life. Romans chapter 8 verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, Romans chapter 8 verse 14, For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you are a son of God. You live your life according to the ways of his kingdom, after the character of the God of Israel. When you follow the Torah by the Spirit, when you give to others, serve others, lay down your life for others, help the poor and the needy, show mercy and compassion to others, these are the sons of God. So in doing all these things, we are to love others and do good to others with a pure heart. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, it is written, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, once again, Yeshua is the truth. John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Torah is truth. Psalm 119, verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is truth. John chapter 16, verse 13, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. So we obey the truth, we believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, we follow his Torah by his Spirit, so we obey the truth through his Spirit, doing so with unfeigned love of the brethren, so that we love one another with a pure heart fervently. That is what Paul was referring to when he wrote to the believers in Yeshua as Messiah at Corinth, and said that they are epistles of Messiah. And they reflect the work of Paul's ministry in the way they conduct and live their lives. And they are to live their own lives and express the love of Messiah to others 
not with stony hearts, which is the letter of the law, but by the spirit of the Torah, which brings life, peace, freedom, and liberty. So I pray that this message has been a rich blessing to you. This message is a part of our Torah in the New Testament series. And in this teaching, we shared with you on the subject, was the Torah nailed to the cross? Or was our sins that which was nailed to the cross? And in doing so, we looked at Colossians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So let's summarize again the main points that we made in this teaching from Colossians 2, Ephesians 2, and 2 Corinthians chapter 3. To begin with, it is sin that creates separation or brings enmity between us and the God of Israel. Paul made this point in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, when he said, And you being dead in your sins, that in Yeshua dying on the tree, Colossians 2.14, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, nailing it to the cross. And what was our certificate of debt that was against us? It's sin, which is the transgression of the Torah. But through the death of Messiah on the tree, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, Yeshua reconciled his people and the world back to the God of Israel. And what was slain or crucified and nailed to the cross was the penalty for our sins, not the Torah itself. Because in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20, when Yeshua died on the tree, he made peace through shedding his blood on the cross, which enabled reconciliation to be brought between the Father and his people in the world. That is why Paul explained that through Yeshua's death on the tree, he reconciled all things to himself, whether they be in earth or things in heaven. So in addition to our sins and the penalty of our sins being nailed to the cross, Yeshua did away with all other man-made hindrances to reconciliation between us and the God of Israel. And those hindrances are things that come from man and the heart of man. Man made beliefs, philosophies, doctrines, decrees. So this was removed and taken out of the way as well. As Paul explained in Ephesians 2.15 that Yeshua abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, the Greek word dogma, man-made philosophies and decrees. That in doing so, Paul explained in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, Yeshua broke down the middle wall of partition, which is a dividing wall and a separation between Jew and non-Jew. And religiously, rabbinical Judaism has put up a wall in a separation between the Jew and the non-Jew regarding how they relate to the God of Israel. So through the shed blood of Yeshua on the tree, the God of Israel removed these walls and these barriers unto him as well. And then in Colossians 2, we looked at, beginning in verse 4, Paul is speaking about any man that comes and presents man-made philosophies and traditions of men that are contrary to Messiah and the ways of Messiah and his Torah in Colossians 2.8, which Paul explained in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, are ordinances or decrees that man-made philosophies and traditions of men, whether they be secular or religious, keeps us from reconciliation with the God of Israel. And those barriers he nailed to the cross as well. That in continuing speaking about preventing 
what any person may do unto us, that through their philosophies, through religious decrees, one of which being expressed through the decrees of rabbinic Judaism and the rabbis, who tell us exactly how we're to keep the dietary laws, how we're to keep the festivals, how we're to keep the new moon, how we're going to keep the Sabbath days. And thus, if we don't do it according to these decrees, we are told that we're not doing things properly, that we are not to allow worldly philosophies and man-made decrees to bring judgment on how we express our faith in Yeshua the Messiah and seeking to follow his Torah as we keep the dietary laws keep the annual festivals, keep the new moon, keep the Sabbath. Because all those things, in their spiritual application, Paul explained in Colossians 2.17, teach us about the Messiah. But speaking again of what people do, that in Colossians 2.20, people give you their philosophies and the philosophies of the world, and they tell you their viewpoint about how you to live your life. And we're not to subjugate ourselves to these decrees, to these ordinances, to this dogma, which Paul said in Colossians 2.22 is after the commandments and the doctrines of men. Because in dying on the tree, Yeshua also blotted out the handwriting or the declaration of the things that we have done wrong, our certificate of debt that's against us. That Yeshua, through his death on the tree and shedding his blood, he erased or he nailed our certificate of debt to the cross. And as it relates to the Torah, he did so because when we commit spiritual adultery, when we're unfaithful to the God of Israel and to his Torah, when we do things what we want to do or go after other gods or the ways or the things of this world, we violate the Torah, we're guilty before him, and we are thus under the curse of the law. And the consequence of our behavior is all told, it was all written in a book, it's called the Bible. That's why in Numbers chapter 5 verse 23 the priest was instructed to write the curses in a book. But these curses could be blotted out with bitter water. And the guilty is to drink of that bitter water. Numbers chapter 5 verse 24. And this is how Yeshua died on the tree. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. That he redeemed us from the curse of the law because he was made a curse for us. He took upon himself our penalty for violating the Torah and committing spiritual adultery against him. And in dying and shedding his blood on the tree, which is how we're cursed in the Torah, according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, that if we commit a sin worthy of death, we are liable to suffer the penalty of death or hanging on a tree. That when Yeshua took upon himself our sins, when he shed his blood, when he died on the tree, it was a bitter experience for him. In John chapter 19, verse 28, we are told that he thirsted. And in the book of Deuteronomy, we're told that if we depart from the Torah, we will suffer hunger and thirst. So Yeshua thirsting is another way of saying that he bore our sins upon the tree. And then Yeshua was given bitter drink. John chapter 19, verses 29 and 30. He was given vinegar by the Roman soldiers. So then he died and proclaimed the words, It is finished. In other words, I have fulfilled the Torah requirement for taking upon the sins of the world and it being a bitter experience for me. And in doing so, Yeshua offered us forgiveness of sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, Messiah died for our sins. Because Paul explained in Colossians 1.14 that we have redemption through the blood of Yeshua, even the forgiveness of our sins. 
in Revelation 1.5, Yeshua has washed us from our sins in his own blood. That is why Paul explained in Romans chapter 3, verses 24 to 26, that we're justified freely, or we are made right in the eyes of the God of Israel, or we are saved by grace through the redemptive work of Messiah, by putting our faith in him and his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and to believe in him and accept him as our Savior and Lord. So then in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul was explaining how we live our lives unto Messiah, and how we minister the Torah of Messiah and the love of Messiah by the Holy Spirit to others. And in explaining this, Paul made a Torah analogy or a midrash regarding how the children of Israel received the Torah at Mount Sinai upon tablets of stone, which prophesied a stony heart, and how after breaking the tablets, because of the stony heart of the people when they worshipped the golden calf, Moses was instructed to receive new tablets, just like the first, foreshadowing the renewed covenant. So Paul explained in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, that as believers in him, we are the letter of Messiah. We are the epistle of Messiah. We show Messiah to others. And Paul showed the believers in Corinth how to do that. So he says, Messiah was ministered by us. And the way that we're sharing you Messiah and living a life for Messiah is according to the Torah written upon your heart by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of the living God, and not according to the stony heart of the children of Israel when they received the Torah at Mount Sinai. But we're sharing with you Messiah and showing you how to live Messiah through the new covenant, which is the Torah written upon your heart by the Holy Spirit. Because living your life in showing forth Messiah to others with a stony heart, where you have a veil over your heart and your mind is blinded because of a carnal mind, that testimony to others of Yeshua kills. But at the end of the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, Paul says, To live your life for Messiah and to show forth Messiah to others and to do the good deeds of the Torah by the Spirit, that is what gives life. And how that looks like in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, is we love others, we serve others. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, we serve others and love others and lay down our life for others. We do it with a pure heart and pure motives to bring God glory, to give glory to his kingdom, and to bear fruit for his kingdom. And that is expressed through pure religion, James chapter 1, verse 27, which is to have mercy and compassion and to help those who are poor and needy. So that's a summary of what we've learned in this teaching. Now remember always these words from 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He that says he abides in him, he that believes in Yeshua as the Messiah ought himself to walk, that means to live our lives even as he walked. And how did Yeshua walk? How did he live his life? He followed the Torah of his Father. Even as he commanded us in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments or follow my Torah and do so with the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, Was the Torah Nailed to the Cross? Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.